This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC Fight Night, Home vs. Silva, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts, and last but not least, we'll preview UFC Fight Night, Aspinall vs. Tybura. Here we go. All right, here we go. We are back. Um, what do we have this week? Another recap and another preview. Where I always try to say I'm going to remember what week we're on of like the <laughs> 15 weeks in a row or whatever. Seven or eight. We'll call it seven. We'll, oh, we can call it eight. That'll make me feel a little better. We're almost. We're working our way through it. But uh, either way, um, I feel like you also ain't up the number every single time. Like I think it started at 14, and now we're up to 17 weeks in a row. I know. I've done that too. <laughs> Uh, mostly though, my biggest thing is while I was just now like doing our little intro, I was looking at our picks from last week. Lost them all. <laughs> I don't even know if we want to <laughs> cover these this week. I mean, we couldn't have we couldn't have been more wrong on every single one of them. It was a tough card. It was a tough card. That's fair to say. There's a couple on here that, in hindsight, um, a few guys showed us who they were, and we're never going to bet them again. True. Namely, Terrence McKinney. So, yep. you know, it, the loss is going to save us money in the end, you know? Exactly. That's a good way to look at it. We'll, uh, we'll save that, though, for our recap. We'll, we'll get back to our, uh, our regular routine here and start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So, Ryan, as always, take us away. All right. I got two this week. One we already talked about a little bit, so, but I'll start with that one. So, Eljo, for all the listeners that haven't heard this, Eljo is not moving up to 145. He doesn't want the smoke from Volk. And uh, Aljo and Rob are going, uh, will go from BFFs to arch nemesis. Uh, caveat here being said, I move away from this take in this circumstance. If El- or if uh, Volk moves up to 155 to fight Islam, and then they do an interim title, uh, Taporia versus Aljo. That's the only way I see Aljo moving up. If Volk stays at 145 and they don't make an interim because he moves up, I don't see Aljo moving up. He'd have to be crazy to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're hoping for the Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that'd Dana's be some good drama. Yeah, he's done it once. He's pulled off the impossible. Um, you know, you just got to get in Rob's head and be like, dude, it's your turn to shine. All it's going to take is Al- Aljo stalling. Yeah. And then it's going to be like, dude, you, you – you can't hold up the division. You said you yeah. were going to move up. You already promised your Puss best friend. Up. Yeah, push out of moving up, and it's going to be okay. Maybe we should do this. Just it's just business. Maybe we should do this. Like it can't wait forever. Boom! You got a, you got yourself a Tito Ortiz, um, Chuck Liddell situation. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. I wouldn't blame Eljo for not moving up. It, it actually seems kind of insane to do it because you're going up a guy who seems invincible if you move up to 145, and the difference between being the champion the money the difference in money between being the champion and being like the number one contender or a top five guy is huge it's substantial you're not getting pay-per-view points you're you go from making like a million plus a fight to maybe like in aljo's case maybe like 200k or something you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so like it's a it's an insane amount of money you'd be leaving just to uh you know keep your word to your to your buddy that you made when you know i don't think volk looked as good as or you know you just he was always good but you just didn't know how good he was you know 
And that's one thing, but isn't it even worse for Marab to be like, I could potentially get life-changing money that I've been working for my whole life, but I'm just going to wait because my friend is the champ? Yeah, exactly. Marab, he's going to have to just, you know, fuck over Aljo. Or, uh, you know. And it, the thing that I think it's funny, like, these guys train together so much, they know who's going to win before the fight, you know? <laughs> like, so I wonder who it is, I wonder who it is that's going to win. They train every day, so I, I doubt it's 50-50. It, it, they made it seem, I think they actually made a comment once, like, we, know, we already know who would win the fight. I don't know if it was Aljo or Marab or one of the, somebody, somebody, like, either Probably one of like those two were close to the camp. Yeah, said, like, basically, like, one of them beats the other one every single time, so... You think it was Marab? He'd at least be like, "We should just do it. We should just fight." Like, yeah, I don't know. Or, but Marab just seems like such a nice guy at this point. Maybe he's like, "I don't want to take the title off my best friend." So that like, would also be a Chuck and Tito situation where Chuck was way better than Tito, and he knew it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of parallels. Yeah, and that was great. Great for TV. Even got itself a thirty for thirty some po- at some point. So, uh, you have another take? Oh yeah. The- the rare double take. Double take. The 205 title is cursed. Dude, read my notes, dude. You just stole that right <laughs> out of my... Dude, we hadn't even talked about that one or no, anything. No, I forgot, I forgot when I started going over it, if it was this week or last week. Yes. We should uh, have just let you do yours first. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can take this one away then. I, I mean, we can just tag team it, which is usually what happens when we have the same take. But yes, um, Jerry, shoulder injury relinquishes the belt now jamal hills achille ruptured achilles um so i'm not suspicious of a usada violation here but ruptured achilles um relinquishes the title like well how many when have we ever seen before two guys lose the title um no defenses for either one of them so never got to cash in on the pay-per-view points yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take this even a little further so I had my initial take was the 205 title has been cursed since John Jones relinquished it. And then I started thinking, what if the 205 title is responsible for all of John Jones mishaps and, you know, hitting the pregnant lady, beating his wife? Like, what if that's all 205 pound title related? And John Jones isn't that much of a wild man. It's just that uh, he got stuck with this crossed bear being the 205 champ, which is uh, just, you know, pretty much ruins your life. Yeah, like that. Those are your two options. You either get the freak injury and give it up, or <laughs> yeah. you, you hold on to it. and It's like putting on the mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it ruins your life. Like you can keep it for as long as you want to. Yeah. Just uh, have bad things Until happen. You just to can't you. take it anymore. Like John Jones did, dude. He, <laughs> yeah. And he just gave it. He gave it up. What three times? Three times. He was like grappling with those inner demons. Like, is the title worth it? And I mean, he always went back to it. But uh, I guess uh, you know maybe yeah. You know Jamal Hill and uh, and Yuri, they they saw what happened to John and they uh, decided against the. Uh, they went the they career changing injury route. And now that John Jones has moved up to two or uh, heavyweight, doesn't seem like anything's been going wrong for him. So no, he came down here to the bars. He did like a signing at Hi-Fi, and he didn't even get arrested that night. He was in Las wow. Vegas for the um for like the, a week. They said for International Fight Week. Yeah, and he didn't get arrested once. No, he had. I guess Dana was saying, I think it was in the post-fight press conference after uh, the last pay-per-view, Dana was saying, like, yeah, I can't believe it. Like, we had decided a while back we can only have John in Vegas for one to two days, and uh, they booked him for, like, the whole international fight week, and nothing happened, so they were pretty surprised. But without the 205 title, it's just easy work, staying clean. I, dude, I can't, it's... He's a new man because he gave up that that cursed two hundred five title. Who have any other fighters? 
I mean, the way Chuck Liddell's career ended, that was kind of like a curse. Yeah, I mean, DC had it, and his curse was that he could never beat John Jones. So everybody looked at him as just like the only time he got his hands on the title was when John Jones didn't want it. Or yeah, I was gonna say, or maybe the curse is just that like it's not in the rightful owner's hands. So yeah, right. Like the wrong guy's like pulling the sword out of the stone. Like the wrong guy just <laughs> has it's too much for him. Yeah, it's too much pressure. It just destroys him. Yeah, their Achilles and stuff just starts <laughs> rupturing, or their shoulders yeah. explodes. On a serious note, though, that's a terrible injury for Jamal Hill, who. Like, we've been super high on him since, like, his first or second fight. So Yeah, exactly. The Achilles is one of the worst sports injuries, they say, as far as uh, coming back from it. Like, you see football players all the time. Once they tear their Achilles, they're done. It seems mm-hmm. like no matter what, it, with, like, maybe, like, a very few exceptions, uh, it you lose a step every single time. And it's just, like, if you can't play with losing a step, then you're done pretty much. You know, some guys can adjust their game and mm-hmm. just be different, but still good. But I don't know, MMA for a guy like Jamal Hill or Yuri or like, you know, those type guys, Jamal Hill especially, I think might be tough. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it just, it sucks really bad for a guy who pr- pretty much, I mean, he did like a two-year come up from a nobody to a champion. And I still think he was getting slept on a lot by people. Like no one really gave him credit, but he found a way to beat everybody. Like he knocked everybody out pretty much on his way up to the top, except for the fight we were at when he got submitted by Paul Craig. Bonehead yeah, move, which I got absolutely screwed on because I had Paul Craig by submission, and they did not count as a submission. If you break oh, somebody's right. arm, if you break somebody's arm in a submission, that's a submission. I but about that. for some reason, the ref let fucking Jamal Hill wobble around with the broken arm for a few. You minutes. also contracted COVID, so that was just an all-around rough night, rough day. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it, but. <laughs> That was an exp- that was an expensive uh, expensive day of losses. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, it sucks that he it sucks that this is the only thing I'll say about him is maybe like he's not really like super, he's not like kick heavy. He's not like athleticism based. He's more of just like a pretty good boxer with good timing. So maybe he'll be able to come back. But it's like, let's say he comes back. Like first of all, he's gonna be out for what a year. Yeah, at plus. least, at least, yeah. I See, would hope his first fight back could be a title shot, but like. That may be it. Yeah, it sounds like the UFC pretty much made him give up the title. Uh, it sounded like he didn't want to, and the UFC told him, you got the title because somebody gave it up, so now you should give it up, and he did, which That's is kind of true. a good point. That is true, but like, if I'm him, I'm, not tr- I'm trying not to give it up either. Like, I got no hurt chance. Tra- I got hurt training. Like, I'm doing my, I got hurt at work. Yeah, I wouldn't have given it up. I would have been like, no, and then they probably would have been like, well... We're taking it from you. Or I would have just been like, oh, well, there's a chance I recover in less than six months, so just let me hold on to it. And then I would have done all the promotional stuff I could have done while I was still, like, the active champion. Yeah. He he clearly, too, as far as champions go, like, is one of the most active, like, trying to cash in on it. Like, he does a lot of, like, he does, like, 20 different things. Like, he tries to do social media. doesn't try. He does do social media stuff. He does podcasts. He does, like, as much self-marketing as he can, which... A lot of fighters don't do that stuff. No, some of them, you either, it seems like guys either do a lot of it or they do a, like, it's like pulling teeth when they have to do it, so. Yeah, I mean, they're not real, like, well-adjusted. No, as, you know, some guys are more so, more so than others, but. Yeah, so, anyways, tough, tough break. Um, Seems like a trend at the 205 division, like, guys are just, I mean, Jan lost the title to Glover because he said he had a neck injury. Yeah, right? Cursed. So, so do you do you think that they should make this uh Jan versus Alex Pereira fight a title fight? I was thinking about that because they actually did like a typo where they said they were going to where they said it was going to be moved to a five round fight or something. Or they a typo or somebody I don't know, but leaked it on accident. 
I mean, why not if you're going to have if it's the belt is yeah. There's it. two ways to think of it. This card doesn't have a actual title fight. It's got the it's got the, uh, the, BMF. the BMF title. There's no real title on the line on this card. But then on the other hand, they've already sold all the tickets probably, right? Like, it's, True. like, sold out. Yeah, like, save it. I think if, that, if it was, like, a half, like, if they weren't sold out, you know, if they, only, if they still had, like, 25% of the tickets to sell or something, then maybe they bump it up to a title fight to uh, try and, like, take it to that next level. But if it's already sold out, then what's, what's the point, right? You already got your, what's, you know, what extra money? I guess maybe on the pay-per-view a little bit, but maybe not. I mean more curse for Jan Bohovic. Like he got his <laughs> yeah. title last title shot taken away and because of a goofy draw, which he probably lost that fight. Yeah, that fight sucked anyways. But Neither of them deserved to win. That's what Dana walked out and said and just like <laughs> gave it to gave it to Glover versus uh, Jamal Hill on like that night he walked out and said yeah. that. So really I guess Ankle Ives probably the guy that's been screwed over the most. So right. maybe they'll give it into him in his next fight. Um do they do they let the winner fight? Do they run back Ankalaya versus Jan? Yeah, should they? If he beats Pereira, do, who do you think? Win, what is the odds on that fight? Who do you think wins that fight? I don't know. I hope Pereira wins. I I hate Jan. He's a fraud. Yeah, but I mean he's just. It's a, also like he's look, just like a he's just like an overachieving journeyman. Yeah, but like it could be. It's a good matchup if he doesn't get sparked. Um, I mean, look at what Jan was able to do to Izzy uh, with the. I mean, Izzy. Alex is a lot bigger than Izzy, so but. Izzy's takedown defense is substantially better than uh, Alex's. So, I mean, you could see Jan just take Alex Pereira down, and if he doesn't get kneed in the head on one of the attempts, then he probably just takes him down and keeps him there for five rounds yeah. or three rounds or whatever it is. I've had that thought as well. It's an interesting fight because it's like either Pereira sparks him before he's able to get him taken down in one of the three rounds, like, or Jan's just able to just smother him with grappling. So I'm interested to see how it goes. I hope Pereira... Uh, gets the knockout It'd just be way better I feel like but uh, you never know yeah it's a good fight it is a good fight um, and if you can't beat Jan you don't get to even try to get the title so so yeah no title fight uh, and who wants that 205 belt at this point anyways like we said it's a, it's yeah, a it's more of a curse than anything so um, luckily I don't think we have any two uh, Paul, we do have a 205 card fight on this card so a 205 pound fight card Fight on this card, but anyways, what have you seen this? What's that? Conor McGregor. It's a you see. It says Conor McGregor funeral brawl update. Pub issue statement on upset UFC star. Former UFC champion, current Tough Thirty One coach Conor McGregor was involved in yet another high profile incident this week, getting mixed up in a funeral brawl at Saddle Club. What's a funeral brawl? Like, was he at a funeral and got in a fight? But then it says at Saddle Club. Roman Road in UK. Was he, did he, like, getting in a fight at a funeral would be absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, that would be next. If we didn't think he was off his rocker, <laughs> like, then he is for sure. Management would like to clarify the events. Mr. Conor McGregor attended an intimate family funeral here at the Saddle Club. Yeah, it was an actual. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Combat, the combat Sports Central on Twitter.com. Conor McGregor allegedly gets into another fight at a pub following his aunt's funeral in Liverpool. Oh, it was after. It wasn't at the funeral. Early reports say he hit another attendee over a woman at the funeral. Not much is known yet. Jesus. I mean, I guess if it was at the pub after the funeral, it's not quite as bad. But they're trying to make it seem like it was like 
you know, like right like in front of the casket. Or get a, during the burial. <laughs> yeah. He definitely has an issue, though. Like, he definitely has something going on. Yeah, either way. You would think he'd be happy. He just he just stopped himself from getting swept and tough. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Number one seed, Chandler's number one seed, Hunter Azur, got knocked out by some guy I've never heard of. Really? Hunter Azur is pretty decent. I know. But... He got sparked, though, um, by some random. So, uh... Chandler went seven and one as a coach, and Connor went one and seven. But um, apparently, that was that didn't that wasn't enough for Connor. <laughs> yeah, this this story's been out for about twelve hours. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't hear about it yet. I just I like, am too. But so much stuff now has been going on that I don't know that people just people are just <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just like John Jones getting arrested again. Like everyone's heard it. Yeah, it doesn't even make big news for him getting so in a funeral brawl. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, anyhow, uh, should we jump into our recap here and zoom through it? We can, we won't have to waste much time on this. Yeah, this was pretty. All right. Holly Holm submitted standing guillotine by Myra Buena Silva. Didn't really see this coming, but she did kind of look, Holly Holm is 40 something. Uh, she kind of looked her age in this one. She definitely looked a little off, so. Um, maybe she's done. Maybe she's just about done. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, Myra Buena, well, I, I give credit to Myra Buena Silva. She had a great game plan, I think, in this one, where every other person has just stood at distance, like at range with Holly Holm and just let her fucking do her high odds to, like, <laughs> at without having putting any pressure on her. Myra Buena Silva was like, took the fight to her and made it a, made it a scrap. And yeah. that, like, led to home making a mistake and on top of that the submission was pretty sick it wasn't just like a normal guillotine it's like yeah, a it modified nice. guillotine it was choke. That, like ninja choke that yeah. front ninja choke it was weird it was almost like it looked like a rear naked choke how you'd grab it but from the front and then she uh she like had her other arm up on top and kind of used her, her chin to push like yeah. to put the weight on it so they say i heard someone some maybe it's kenny florian talking he said like that's a choke you should be able to escape but uh holly home probably just uh you like if you if you react to it when it gets sunk in you can get out of it every single time but it seems like if you just let it get too deep then you're then you're screwed so i mean holly home might not be super familiar with it or she must just might have just not seen it coming thought she was fine but uh yeah it took her out so i was glad to see it i'm ready for holly home to be a thing of the past are we finally done with holly home main events i mean we are we've been done but i i doubt the ufc is i think as long as she is willing to take the fights then i think they'll keep giving them to her it seems like I hope not. I hope this is the end of it. Um, Albert Drive versus uh, the Iron Turtle, Jun Young Park. Um, Jun Young Park looked just better than Drive. Drive seems yeah. like he's just like, he's. it seems like he comes in one fight, looks like complete shit. The next fight, he'll look good. Then he looks like he, got, he has no consistency, basically. So. And Iron Turtle does have consistency. He maybe lacks yeah. a little bit of skill, but he's always tough and he's always in fights. Yeah, he's like. Maybe one of the guys that if you saw on the street, you would never think is a fighter, you know? I don't think he'd fight somebody on the street. He's such a nice... He no, I don't nice think he guy. would either, but I don't think... You know, you wouldn't pick yeah, him out as be being... Like, this uh, guy's like a high-level fighter. Yeah, exactly. Amanazatar versus Fra- Francisco pra- Prada. Um, I thought Azatar would have a better showing here. Yeah, he was... Uh, this is just like a card of just guys not showing up, yeah. right? Well, here's the thing with Azatar, and I brought this up in the group chat, like... He was a killer for there for a while, but do you remember that somebody tried to scale the balconies in Abu Dhabi yeah. and bring him a, a, a duffel bag with unknown stuff in it? Yeah, he got cut from the UFC for it. Like, and then brought back, but instantly brought back. But, like, what was in that duffel bag, and why has he sucked ever since? Was it his steroids or something? I don't know. 
It, I mean, he could have got it back afterwards. It's not like that was his lifetime supply and he can never get another stair. stair no, like, but maybe he got, maybe, the, I don't know, maybe. Or maybe he, the UFC found out was in the bag and they're like, dude, you can't be fucking yeah, doing Yeah, they cut so they wouldn't have to test him or something. Yeah, and that could be true. It's not they necessarily might... like they, they 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 try to protect their guys from USADA. Like for bringing USADA in totally voluntarily, they also hate them. Yeah, well, they they didn't at first. Like if you remember, it was crazy at first, the amount of people that were getting popped and whatnot. Like USADA was on it 24-7. And then as of late, at a certain point, I think they got fucking sick and tired of them, and they're like, well, this is terrible. It's like when Nate Diaz tested positive for something, which no one really thinks Nate Diaz was on PEDs, but... Th- the UFC was just like, we're not we're not dealing yeah. with this. Like, he's fighting. I think the Fertittas just brought it in to, you know, make it like they were doing something about steroids. And then uh, well, it was, once getting, out, it was one, getting out of hand. So. Yeah, once WME got in control, they were like, all right, like, this just does us more harm than good from the business side. So, like, let's just try to, like, we got to keep it because it's probably a bad look to get rid of it. But let's try to make them, like, as least powerful as possible. True. Which I like to see, like, unless people are, like, blatantly, like, just absolutely. It's like every sport where the worst thing about it would be is if the guys at the top could do it because they could afford it and the guys at the bottom couldn't. Yeah. So let them, let them all pretty much, like, turn the blind eye. and uh, You have to keep it within reason. You can't be doing, like, what TJ Dillashaw was doing. Right. Or you can't be, like, uber which we, yeah. we don't really see any, like. I mean, we see some guys that very are very suspect on passing the eye test, but it's not like out of control like it was in the prime when the guys like every single guy was just like all of a sudden giant. <laughs> yeah, it was like WWF looking guys. Yeah, exactly. Vitor Belfort. Um, yeah. So last but not least, uh, we had Nazim Sadikov versus Terrence McKinney. McKinney, one round fighter. Dude, he's not even a one round fighter. He's like. A half of a round fighter he is and like we we talked about this fight like last week and i said like you know if terrence mckinney goes out there and just tries to spark him off the bat i'm happy with this pick if he tries to actually fight and i'm gonna be really worried about it because he's gonna gas and he's gonna look like shit and what does he do he tries to actually fight he goes for the takedown he gets it gets his back for almost the whole first round but like how do you do so little just have a body triangle in a guy and still gas. Like you, he did nothing except yeah. forget hit a takedown, put in a body triangle and go for a few submissions. And then he was completely gas going into the second round. It's unbelievable. I've never seen a worse gas tank. I don't think Randy Costa. Yeah. Randy Costa was bad too. They're on par, right? Like they're, they're like they very similar. Each other. I think they're the same weight class. Yeah. Uh, actually I think Randy Costa is a one thirty five and Terrence McKee's one fifty five, but they should train together so they can both get better. Yeah, well, I don't think those two. They'd need to train with TJ Dillashaw. <laughs> get him on the uh, EPO. Yeah, something. Uh, one last fight. That I we, think EPO yeah, would just make him, like, just a normal-style gas tank, I think. Like, it would go hey, from than zero. What they, I was going to say, better than what they got, dude. Their gas tanks are terrible. They couldn't get to an elite gas tank. I think it would be, like, physically impossible for these guys. They must. It must do zero cardio, it seems like. Man, I don't know. But he, wouldn't you just do enough training to be able to fight? Like, does the guy not do, like three five minute rounds in the gym like yeah you think they would know you think they would know where his training's at like if you want to be a one-round guy at least go out and go hard for one round yeah or maybe it's just like i don't know like he just gasses under like being in the moment or something you know like maybe he's yeah, fine the in the gym. maybe he can't handle the adrenaline yeah i don't know i'm not sure man but terrence mckinney i could easily see them letting him go like you just he's probably getting paid a decent amount because he's had like a he was a kind of a hot prospect when he first yeah. got in the ufc 
Um, guys like that, they just they can't find a place for guys like that because they can't just let them fight nobodies, and then they can't have them just getting beat up every time. So it's pointless. It's Kevin Lee, in the it's UFC, like Kevin like, Lee-ish. Yeah, and Kevin Lee worse. at least made it to like much higher, much higher before he started his crazy <laughs> right. decline. Yeah, so. he's not good. So, so yeah, I don't know what to do about him. Uh, I well, mean, he's he's good, but yeah, you can't be you can't be good without any no quick like zero in the UFC, cardio. You always have to be getting better. And yeah. these guys are getting worse. Like you, you start where you, you start as a nobody. You fight, and then they place you where they think you belong. And then you have to keep getting better, or else you're done. It's like Alexander mm-hmm. Hernandez, who was not really a gas tank problem, but more so just like he hot start placed him where they thought he belonged, and then he's just declined and declined ever since. Could have just fought bomb, fought his way up through bombs, but you don't have long, that long. You don't have a long enough career to be doing that. So, and no, unless they're going to protect you, like yeah, you know. people aren't patient enough to be like that. You guys give this guy a test so um yeah i don't know i could see them letting terrence mckinney go and maybe bringing him back if he gets his stuff sorted out yeah with the contender series and stuff now i think that's the number one mistake that young fighters make is they i mean you can't say no to the ufc when they call because who knows when you're going to get it back but um like you got to be ready to make a run in the ufc when you sign with them like there's no there's no like getting brought up in the ufc like it's either you're ready or you're not and i think some guys would do a lot better for themselves in the ufc if they waited to round out their game more before coming to the ufc like with the contender series they're pumping like 20 early 20 guys into the ufc all the time and they just always seem to fizzle out for the most part yeah and they don't mind cutting guys because then they can bring in another guy and put them on a 10 and 10 yeah exactly so you know half the card like it's just all contender series rejects now and short-term replacements yeah yeah which Last fight I want to talk about, it wasn't in our recap, but uh, the Jack Della Madelanian versus... Fight. I don't know the other guy he fought, but that guy was a... Bull- that guy is UFC ready. Yeah, the uh, uh, Basil Hafez. That guy was ready, dude. I, he, I They could have given him that. I didn't think... I thought Jack Della won that fight, but I, they could have given... I, that was a close fight. Yeah, it would have been bad judging, I think. Like, I mean, the first round was it clear for Hafez, but I thought rounds two and three were, were clear yeah. for... And for Jack Della, this was one of my one of my callouts. I was gonna, I, but I got a few of them, so I'll, we can kind of go at it now. But it was just gonna be that, like anybody who thinks that Hafez won that fight is an idiot, like Terry. Um, he was yeah. just so convinced that he won. But you have three minutes of Jack Della winning on the feet, and you have two minutes of control with like no strikes and no submission attempts. So it's you know the it's based on effective striking or grappling. His Jack Della's striking was effective for three minutes. Hafez's grappling was not, like effective, not effective in finishing the fight. You know, he was just it was effective in just holding him there, which isn't which doesn't score better than effective striking. So what I think happens is when a guy does better than expected, yeah, they kind of root for they start like they their baseline is what they expected, and then he he didn't get knocked out, and Jack Della knocked everybody out, and then he had some success, and then it even seemed like he'd gas out, but then he'd he'd like pull together enough wind to like have a wrestling outburst yeah i mean jack della i think this is a big eye opener for all the like jack della is is gonna be a champion, champion somewhat yeah, soon this was a big test because like they put him up against an actual like you know top 10 grappler in the division a guy in the top 10 that can wrestle and he's not gonna win that fight like yeah, and to be fair to this guy who knows what he had for as far as a camp like right he might have a great gas tank he just came in on short notice wait who is he supposed to be fighting was it tucker lutz or no, that was a different fight. No, it was Sean Brady. 
Sean Brady would have fucking stomped him, dude. Sean Brady would have crushed him. Sean, he's lucky that Sean Brady pulled out of that fight last week, or else like it would have been he would have got smashed. Like Fez is like not no nowhere near Sean Brady, and he was able to do that to him. So Jack Della really needs to work on his takedown defense. Those jumping for guillotines over and over again when Fez was clearly being able was able to just step over every single time. Like that was stupid. Um, I mean, Jack Della, he's good on the feet, but you got to be more well-rounded. He's not going to be able to... He was getting to... hit a lot. He was even getting hit a lot. Yeah, a decent amount. I mean, that Fez guy had a chin, though. He took some <laughs> he took some shots, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it was super clear. Jack Della ones around two and three. Not that I love the guy. I'm kind of... I was, I've been suspect of him, and I think this this really showed, like, you know, this is a guy just coming off... He, he seemed like he was older, so he's like an older guy getting his first UFC fight, which means as good as he looked, he's probably not that good. And I mean, and he struggled, and Jack Dallas struggled with his uh, his yeah. grappling. So much closer fight than the minus whatever seven hundred or eight hundred that came in on. So yeah, I mean, I just it just that was kind of an I mean that was a that was kind of a crazy fight. Yeah, it was. It was a great fight, nonetheless, for sure. Yeah. So uh, that was the last one on there that we were going to cover. So we can jump into our. Our segments here. I think it's okay. It's my turn to go first this week. <clears throat> my call out, or actually, I'll start with Mazin Awesome. I'm getting excited. <laughs> uh, you'll like my call out, I think. Nice. Uh, isn't he awesome? Uh, MVP Michael Venom Page, free agent. Do I think he'll do? Do, do I think he would do well in the UFC? <clears throat> Probably not. But uh, my reason I have him as my shout out is because I would love to see him. I would love to see what happened if the UFC did sign him. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I, I don't think he's like would be anything substantial in the UFC, but I think we'd get a few fun fights out of them. So yeah, that's all I want. Three or four, like a Chandler situation. Chandler's obviously overperformed, but if we could get three, three good fights out of Michael Venom page at the highest level, that would be cool. Yeah, I agree for sure. And, uh, yeah, touching on this, I, I read an article on this and then it also said rumors have been swirling that the UFC may be buying Bellator after that, several have, of their fighters showed up on the UFC webpage. They, they had them listed as, like on the roster. On their profiles, yeah. Yeah, so they had, uh, I looked at it, it said they had Fedor on there, Michael Venom Page, AJ McKee, and both the Pitbull brothers. I saw that too. Interesting. I mean, if you injected the top five of each division from Bellator into the UFC, like I, I, most of the guys from Bellator are going to get cut, but, you know, that it would be pretty interesting to throw those guys in there and see how it shakes up, you know? Yeah. And it would give us an injection of talent that's not just coming off the Dana White Tuesday Night Bum series. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would bring it would bring some legit fighters that, for whatever circumstance, weren't were, are not in the UFC and probably could be. Yeah, like look when they took over Strikeforce. Like, I mean, the era of all the like most of the guys that came over from Strikeforce retired in the last five years or so. But like that was like a huge get for them. Like at a certain point, like so many of the top fighters were guys that were from Strikeforce, you know. And Bellator has done a decent job at getting some of the younger guys. Like you know, AJ yeah. McKee would be a cool guy. So I don't think it would be on par with like the Strikeforce acquisition as far as like their guys coming over and being that like in five years or so being that high mm-hmm. up in the division. But I think there's definitely you know a handful at least of guys that would uh really show up you know yeah yeah no and you wonder if the ufc at this point could just easily dissolve bellator like nothing yeah exactly i mean i think they would i think they would it would just be literally bellator would be gone we'd take i think you could say cherry pick the guys they want you know you could make a case for them to do it now because there's other 
like PFL and everything else yeah. in one. So it's not like you can't really claim it's a monopoly like you probably could have, say, four, four or five years ago. Yeah, they've taken some good steps at, at distancing themselves from the monopoly uh, tag, and they really had to because it sounded like they were going to possibly – I mean, I think that suit's still ongoing or something, basically, like or at least it was like not too long ago. But uh, I, I don't know where it's at. But, yeah, exactly. I don't think they have as much of a – worry about being considered a monopoly if they bought bellator at this point you got pfl you got one you got you know there's other contenders and i mean still nobody near the uh the level of the ufc but it's like in football or whatever it's like what are are those not monopolies like in baseball or you know yeah Uh, yeah especially nba like nba yeah for sure yeah it'd be interesting it would be very interesting they could also buy bellator cut three quarters of the roster scrap the rest of it yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what they would do. They'd just buy them. We'd get, you know, the top guys that we want to see into the UFC, and, and the rest of them would be, you know, hoping that Back they can get on PFL or, you know, PFL would be best-case scenario for them, and, or if not, go to regional promotions. But, I mean, Bellator's got a lot of guys that probably should be in regional promotions. I mean, half, a lot of the, the prelims are just guys that they randomly bring up for a fight and pay, like, one-and-one to There's or a lot of guys on the Bellator prelims that ha- it's like their third pro fight. Yeah, exactly. Pretty interesting. So it's kind of like a minor leagues anyways. For sure. So uh, move on to my call out here. I have uh, Umar Nurmagomedov living up to the Nurmagomedov name yeah. by pulling out of a fight. Dude, he's ruined a great card. Um, they, how? I don't know when this card is, August 15th or something? Yeah, it was coming up. That was going to be awesome. And and now who? I saw a list of potential guys to step in for that fight. There's like nobody. No, and this was going to be... That's a sick fight. That's like a number one contender fight if you ever have one. I mean, and Umar Magomedov, this is just, just par for the course for these Magomedovs. If they think they're going to lose their O, they pull out. Like, yeah, you know, Khabib pulled out of... What did they say? Khabib pulled out of more fights than he defended his title by, like, double? Oh, for sure. You remember how many times just... He he pulled out against Tony Ferguson more than he defended his title, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm probably, but, I think you're right, dude. I think you're right. I mean, Tony might have pulled out one one or two of the times, but that was like five times that they tried to make that happen. So. Yeah. Um, I think Khabib pulled out of like six fights in his career, and he defended his title three times. So Yeah, he was a pull-out machine. And, yeah, I, anybody who calls him the GOAT is a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, you know, when you have guys like even Mighty Mouse would be above um, Khabib in the GOAT conversation for me. It's like you came up you had a few title defenses and and you booked out like you you need to do that for an extended period of time to be considered the goat you know yeah and john jones is still doing it he started 10 years before khabib he was even in the yeah, ufc exactly like okay like don't get me wrong great fighter nowhere near goat yeah and the apparently the pull out the pull game is still strong in the the nirmaga of line yeah for sure so Bummer. Um, I was looking forward to that fight. I was looking for that card. Obviously, that was a Sanhagen. I don't know. Did they put Peter Jan back in there? They had a good fight the last time they fought. Does Peter Jan want to take a Sanhagen fight on short notice? That could be interesting. I mean, what Peter Jan has that much else going. He needs a win though, right? Or else, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's lost his last three. Yeah, I mean, unless he gets the Sam Alvey treatment and he can <laughs> lose as many as he wants. I think he could. I, I think he could afford to lose one more. Maybe. I I just don't know because it's like he's. I still like would argue he's the best fighter in the the division, at least top three. Yeah, he's it's up there. It's just weird, dude. It's just such a weird a weird skid for him. But he already beat Corey Sanhagen in one of his best performances. So, um, But it was a good fight. They could do it again. Yeah, I think Corey Sanhagen might beat him this time. I mean, it seems like Jan's maybe gotten in his head a little bit. Like, I don't know. He just he didn't look as sharp in his last fight, I didn't think. No, Marab smashed him. 
Yeah. It wasn't even oh, close. Oh, yeah, Marab absolutely smashed him. But even the one before that, I didn't think he looked quite as good. Uh, that was the O'Malley fight. Was it the O'Malley? Sean O'Malley looked pretty good against him. Um, he's lost to Aljamain and then O'Malley and then Marab. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's not a great, so not a great look a four for him. Fight losing streak, right? DQ, loss, loss, loss. Oh, yeah. He, he, never defi- he never got that belt back. No, he didn't. So, yeah. Yeah, it's on, I guess Tough so. Tough sport. That it is. Tough sport. So, yeah, not sure what they'll do there, but, um, yeah, Colin, U- Umar living, living up to the, to the family tradition. That's all I got. All right, so I'll take it away here. Um, isn't he awesome? Did we talk about Francis Nagano at all? Uh, last week we talked about him securing that contract. Yeah, so got to give him a shout-out again. I wasn't sure, but I'll uh, move on. Nate Diaz, he's uh, got an upcoming fight, and uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm sure you did. Supposedly has a $10 million offer to fight Jake Paul in MMA after the boxing match. Yeah, Jake Paul said it's still uh, a live offer. He said win or lose, live live offer, yeah. I don't know. If Nate, I would have agreed to that the second Jake, it came out of Jake Paul's mouth, right? Like, what are you doing? Like, I get it. I get maybe maybe he's waiting. The only thing I can think of is he thinks if he beats Jake Paul, the UFC is going to give him an insane amount of money to fight Connor in the trilogy, which very, very may well be the case. Like, what if Connor's not taking that Chandler fight right now because he's waiting to see if Nate beats Jake Paul and then they set up the trilogy Dude, after it's that? So cra- it's so crazy to think all the levels of like nonsense that are going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But like, There's you got to give him Disney awesome. Like ten million dollars on the table, and you're not he, immediately taking Nate's it. Like, also doing podcasts right now. Like, I never thought I'd see the day, but he was on uh, Bradley Martin's podcast. I really? Don't know what it's called? Yeah, I just saw clips of it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, he's doing podcasts. I think it might even have been like the Nelk the Nelk guys, like the Full Sun podcast. Because I know oh, Bradley really? Martin. I know Bradley Martin's part of that somehow now. Dang. You know he is. He's like a bodybuilder guy. He's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but he, I saw clips of like Nate on his pot on the podcast. So maybe Nate is, it probably was re- involved with that because he's involved with like that happy dad stuff. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, I never thought I'd see the day of him sp- voluntarily doing media. Yeah, he did like a one hour thing with the Ariel once, which is actually pretty funny. Uh, and he had some good stuff, but, uh, yeah, he very, very rarely does it. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, his fight's coming up too. Yeah, exactly. August 5th. So, That'll be a. I'll definitely be tuning in for that. They'll get my money for that one just because Nate Diaz super fan over here. But Diaz, uh, Diaz Army will Nick Diaz be in the corner for Nate? Yeah. You think he will? I think so. Uh, he was. It's a great, not UFC related, he right? Was a great, so, he was a great boxer striker. Yeah, I think he should be, but you never know. I don't. It seems kind of weird. They like he hasn't always been in the corner recently, or really at all. So, but he did fight re- like UFC. Apparently, he was sparring some random guy in the street. Um, I saw some article about it, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. So I hope, uh, I hope Nate Diaz, uh, win or lose, he figures it out. So, and gets, uh, gets a big money fight in his next fight. I want to see the trilogy personally. Like if I had the choice between him fighting Jake Paul and MMA or fighting Connor for the trilogy back in the UFC, a trilogy all day. And keep in mind, Jake Paul is legitimately signed to the PFL. I yeah. don't think they know what they're going to do with that, with that yet, but they, that is a real thing. So yeah, for the, in the super fight division yeah, or whatever like pay-per-view division yeah what if they put francis and jake paul versus nate same card or something they've <laughs> got to split those two up i would think though like right yeah i would think that'd be kind of crazy to put on it would sell a lot of pay-per-views probably but that would be a lot of money going out like 
you got to pay Francis' opponent a million dollars. That's their whole roadmap, though. To burn it all in one night might be risky. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. We're going to win or lose here. They're gonna be, we're gonna Bare Knuckles t- sold out on their last event, and it worked out, it worked out great. They yeah. went all in on their last event. That's true. Go all in. Get it done. But uh, let's see. Weekly call out. We're doing um, the guy that, uh, the, the U.S. soldier, or guy or whatever, that walked into North Korea. Oh, he, man. Uh, dude. What Something you, wrong with him, right? Like, I, like he, if he does not have some type of mental issue, then he is just a complete <laughs> idiot. I'll refrain from, like, going too hard on him just because we don't know what the hell is going on with him. Apparently, he had been in some trouble. Like, he, he got was it. in South Korea jail in South Korea. They, yeah, they took like, him to the airport. Beating somebody up or something, yeah. He was supposed to fly home and get discharged from the military. Yeah, they said he, like, went on, like, a tour or something, and then the tour went to the DMZ, like, the border where the crossing is or whatever. He sprinted across it. And the lady said he was, like, the Flash. There was some, like, one of the people that were there that saw it, she was like, he's... They, I forget how they worded it, but they made it seem like he ran, like... The fastest guy they've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. He was a black guy, so they probably never seen anyone run like that before. <laughs> yeah. It said he was going so fast, piecing together why the soldier bolted into North Korea. You don't see a lot of Korean sprinters in the, in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's true. Huh? They got small legs. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, for, their, for what they're used to, he probably was flying. Dude, you got to get a call out. Like, uh, If there's any border you don't cross, like... If I said, like, what's a border you don't cross? He Your number zoomed. one border, what you'd bring up would be North Korean border, right? He just zoomed into torture, right? They're just probably torturing him? Yeah, especially, like, so if it was just a random person, then maybe not. But I don't know. That one kid that went over there, he, like, tried to steal a, a poster off the wall in a hotel. and they Allegedly tried They to sent steal him a back in a coma, dude. So yeah, And that's just a normal kid. Now, this guy was a soldier, like, so they probably think he's, like, a spy or something. Like, he's definitely getting fucked up over there right now. So I don't know if he thought... And now we're going to have to, like, take some measure to get him back, too, which is just a whole nother yeah. mess. Maybe he's, like, one of those conspiracy theorists that believes, like, North Korea, North Korea's actual utopia, which is why, like, <laughs> it's been, like, a big smear campaign against them because the United States doesn't want anybody knowing how great it is over there, so they make it seem like the worst place a on Earth. A reverse conspiracy because that's what the people in North Korea think, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the people there think it's great, then maybe it is. Maybe, you know, maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's just uh, living it up right now. That. How? Why doesn't South Korea just go take North Korea? I don't... Because they got nukes. Maybe they got nukes? I don't... Uh, they got nukes. They have them, I think. Yeah. I think we know that for sure they have them, but... Uh, so I think that'd be if it wasn't for the nukes, I think they you would get smashed. You'd think they'd smashed. be able to do something though. Like they're just such a nuisance for like their size and like the crazy stuff that. Yeah. Like, Kim Jong Kim Jong Un claiming that he like shot like a, a nineteen and eighteen holes of golf or something. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. He clearly just does not. Know I think it was an eighteen. I think he yeah, every, hole, hole in one every hole. It, like he clearly does not know what he's doing. Like he he I don't even. You think that guy knows how to set off nukes? I, I don't think he does. I think probably people do over there. I don't think they're the best nukes in the world or anything. <laughs> I just they can get across the border. Yeah. They can get across one border. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to go very far. That's true. They don't have to take them far. Even if they probably just self-destructed, they would probably take someone in South Korea with them. Yeah, for how for how shitty we say it's over there, it, they say they have missiles that can reach the United States and stuff. So, like, it think, might it must not be that bad if they're that smart. I you think know? they said that, but I think they said it... They claim they could have had missiles that could reach Texas, but I think that that was not true. I think they had missiles that could reach like a U.S. Uh, like a U.S. base or something, like in Guam or something. Oh, like Hawaii or Guam. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. 
but who knows? We don't know nothing about it. Uh, maybe that guy will be able to shed some light on it if we get him back. But yeah, I listened to the lady on Rogan that was probably from won't there. hear much out of him. Yeah, I don't. It might be a while. So crazy move though, just craziest move you could pull. No, you were about yeah. to come back home and be free, dude. You served your time. So that got that kid that jumped off the cruise ship trying to get TikTok views, oh, and dude. then he got ate by sharks <laughs> or chopped up by the motor. We don't know. Yeah, so it's like yeah, there's some like that's like on the tier one of dumb decisions: jumping off a cruise ship, running into North Korea. Um, I don't know. Dumb ways to die. That's a TikTok trend. <laughs> yeah, like dumb ways to die, and then they show videos of a. Uh... Of people trying to make viral videos and dying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! If you die from a viral video, like that's just you're the JLT bonehead of the week. So this guy, he can be the call out and the bonehead of the week. Yeah, he certainly deserves it. Uh, any more call outs? Uh, no, I used my other one earlier. The the Jack Delahafez one. So okay. All right, then we might as well jump into our uh, UFC preview. UFC. Why does this best fight odds have? Here's a call. Best fight odds calling this UFC 292, and it's not <laughs> right. Well, um, they like, are. It's not even a pay per view, dude. They are somewhere, aren't they? They are in uh, UK. They're in London or something. Okay, should have known when I saw um, Meatball yeah, Molly on the card. Yeah, no. Then notice we got all UK yep. versus United American matchups here. Not yeah. a, um, there's a few Brazilians, I guess, but mostly it's uh, it's UK versus. Yeah, the U.S. They love doing this. Uh, Tom Aspinall returns to action after probably a little over a year sitting out versus Marcin Tibera. Uh, I saw a funny clip where Tom Aspinall apparently speaks Polish. I think his wife is Polish or something, <laughs> asking Marcin Tibera why he's not fat anymore. Really? Marcin Tibera looks pretty good. Really? Um, still taking Tom Aspinall in this fight if his body holds up. Wow, the odds are, first time seeing these odds, kind of a sticker shock here. Tom Aspinall minus 450, Marcin Tibera plus 340. Um... I guess I don't see tons of value on Aspinall, but I do think he probably wins this fight. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I'm on the same page here. I, I think you got to go Tom Aspinall here. I think, you know, just game for game, I think he beats Marcin Tybura, especially Aspinall, pretty, you know, really good striker from what we've seen. And uh, he's also got some mission skills, right? So um, Marcin Tybura, you know how he wins. He's just a grinder, hold you up against the cage, whatever. Yep. Uh, I think Aspinall's big enough to be able to kind of shuck him off and uh, and not just let him hold him there. You know, he's a pretty big heavyweight, it seems like, pretty strong. Uh, but on the other side of that, you're paying minus 450, minus 500 for a guy who... Had a freak s- knee injury. Had, yeah, is... This is his first fight after a one-year layoff because of a, a fifth, he got he broke his knee in 15 seconds basically, and uh, you, we just don't know how that's going to be. Is his car, you know? This, and on top of that, the other point is, it's a guy who might have suspect cardio. He's only a, ever had first rounds. The mm-hmm. Andre Arlovsky fight is the one that, like, I've lost money kind of fading Tom Aspinall because, after, except for when finally it came through with uh, in the last fight uh, with Curtis Blades, but. Uh, the Arlovsky fight, he he won the fight, but he was gassed going into that second round, and then it happened to get that submission. So, yeah. Um, so you got a guy who had he did suspect destroy Volkov, though that was surprising. Yeah, that yeah, I agree on that. But you got a guy who had suspect cardio, uh, coming off of a knee injury. Who knows how long he's been able to work on his cardio? You know, he can't run for a while after a knee injury like that. So, mm-hmm. um. You got to worry about that. If like if Marcin Tiber is able to weather the storm and then just start grinding on him, and the, this is a five round fight, if he's able to not get knocked out early, 
you know, can he pull off a decision in the later rounds? I don't know. So I'm going to go Tom Aspinall. This is one, like if I had Tom Aspinall on parlays and any of them, you know, a bigger parlay got there, I'd probably hedge it just because you're getting what, like plus 350 or something on, on Marcin Tibera. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind, Tom Aspinall, but, uh, you know, there are some reasons to be, uh, weary of him. All right. Um, Andre Feely plus 165, Nathaniel Wood minus 195. Uh, I don't have a ton here. Andre Feely, I think he's just kind of a middle-of-the-pack guy, pretty tough, uh, wins some fights. Um, Where Nathaniel Wood, I think, is quicker, probably more well-rounded, probably about where I would set this line. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Nathaniel Wood here. Um, I actually really really like this pick for minus 190. I think he could be a little bit bigger of a favorite, but uh, I was – I think I bet against him in his last fight. Yeah, against – Jordan and he beat Jordan that was his first fight so he was a 135er uh he had moved up to 145 he beat Charles Jordan um you know I think Jordan's better than Andre Feely at this point so they fought each other and Jordan won right I believe so um kind of similar guys though uh Nathaniel Wood I think he just has good volume he's really well-rounded and uh I think Andre Feely is getting older um, and I think Nathaniel Woods able to able to beat him and beat him pretty solidly. So I, I like Wood in this fight. All right, uh, Paul Craig plus one eighty, Andre Muniz minus two ten. Um, I would have probably been all over Andre Muniz at one point, but kind of uh, got mauled in his last fight against Brendan Allen. Right? Wasn't that him? Yeah, yeah. He couldn't get the takedown too. Right? Yeah, I believe so. He was getting fucked up. So uh, Andre Muniz. I hate this guy. So I'm going Paul Craig. I think uh, Paul Craig is, Paul Craig is an underdog too. Yeah. He, it's gotta, gotta be a tough weight cut. Cause he usually fights at two Oh five. Paul Craig does. He's cutting down to 185 for this fight. So oh, um, I don't know if he was a guy that just didn't cut weight at two Oh five. Um, but it seems like a smart move. Cause he kind of gets bullied at, at two Oh five. Right. Unless he like hits a miracle submission. But uh, yeah, Andrew Muniz, I think this is one of the most overrated guys. Like, uh, I don't know why people think he's good. He's absolutely terrible. If he literally can only win by armbar or just taking your back and holding you there for three rounds, like this guy is a complete bum. I think it was the, I think it was the Uriah Hall fight maybe where he couldn't get an yeah. armbar, so he just so he sat just there back. and with him like he's not going to be able to do that. I don't think versus Paul Craig. Like we got another guy who is a really good grappler, right? So. I don't think it's just going to be like take him down, sit and try to get your armbar. I don't really get like what he's doing. Like he has openings for rear naked chokes, but he refuses to sink him in because he wants to only wants win by armbar. Arm it's it's really weird. I think against a, a grappler a specialist, like specialist, yeah, exactly. I think a grappler like Paul Craig is going to be able to maybe find some advantages in the fact that like you got a guy who's only going to hit armbars against a guy like Paul Craig who is dangerous from multiple positions. So. Um, I think as an underdog for Paul Craig, I don't see what I, I think it's a good a good uh, underdog pick here going Two with guys Paul that Craig. Love that love that triangle armbar position too. Yeah, exactly. And you got Muniz. Neither of them are that good of strikers, right? Like uh, both pretty bad. Yeah, I, Muniz might have a small advantage, but I don't think it's very big. So I don't know. I think underdog value on Paul Craig there. You think the grappling doesn't cancel out because they're both not great take great at takedowns? You think they don't have to stand and bang? Yeah, I mean, I, it's an, I'm interested to see how this fight goes. Yeah, neither of them are really great at takedowns, right? But um, I think one, both of them are going to want to go to the ground, so they might just kind of kind of fall on each other, you know? And neither of them are great. So I don't really think Muniz is going to be able to, like, 
Paul Craig you worry about. At 205, he would just get sparked by guys and then, like, hope that he wasn't knocked out cold so he could <laughs> and they followed him to the ground. Or, but uh, uh, who was that that knocked him out and woke him up? Oh, uh, who, yeah, who was that? I forget. Uh, Krylov. Yeah, Krylov. Krylov knocked him out. Should have just walked away and got the walk-off knockout. So he punched him again and woke him up and got triangled. Yeah, fucking idiot. But, uh, yeah, we'll go Paul Craig here. I kind of like this week's picks a lot more. I don't think we're going to go 0-4 on this week. Another 0-4. I hope not. Uh, Lerone Murphy, Joshua Kudalabo. Uh, where is my lines here? We got Lerone Murphy minus 140. Kudalabo plus Kudalabo. I was saying Kudalabo. Who is Kudalabo? Yeah, Kudalaba. Uh, Kudalaba, <laughs> plus 120. Uh, Lerone Murphy's looked really good for the most part in most of his uh, yeah, most of his outings. His he last like a fight good was prospect. He had a questionable so decision so. go his way. But guess where that fight was? It was in London. <laughs> yeah, there he goes. You could double down on this one probably then. Yeah, the one thing, like if you're thinking like a fight's going to be close, if it's in the U.K., go with the guy from the U.K. because it seems like they get any decision that is even remotely close in the UK. Like it is pretty ridiculous. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm going Lerone Murphy here. Uh, I think that he's going to get any close fight a decision. I don't even, I don't know if this will be a close fight. I, I think Lerone Murphy is, is pretty solid prospect. You know, like you said, he did have a close fight, but, uh, that guy he fought was pretty good. He did lose his next fight. I can't remember his name. Gabriel Benita. No, it wasn't Benita. Who was it? It was Gabriel Santa. Something. It was something like that. Yeah. Who was that? Let's check. I know it was like a Mexican name or something. Uh, Gabriel Santos. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty solid fight. Lerone Murphy won the decision. It was pretty close, but I think Josh Coolibau, like with that Gabriel Santos, he was a strong guy. He was pushing, he was, you know, applying pressure in the fight and whatnot. And, uh, Coolibau, I just don't think he's that same fighter. So I think Lerone Murphy's going to be able to kind of pick his shots and, and beat him. So, all right. I like it. Um, let's see here. We got Joel Alvarez minus 195, Mark Casey plus 165. Bummed out looking at this line because Joel Alvarez is a guy I've always liked. Um, he got lit up by uh, Armin Sarukian. Uh, I think so. One second. Let me see. It was uh, – I was just looking at it earlier. It might have been – I don't know if it was Armin or not. One second. It was – yeah, it was Armin Sarukian. One of the worst cuts we've seen, like the one of the bloodiest – yeah, but his fight before that, like the re- I was high on him because yeah, me he too. pieced up Tiago Moises. Remember that? Yeah, like a one minute fight. Just yeah, it was insane. Ass. He just steamrolled he him. He's won a couple fights, but basically, my point, what I was looking for here, I was hoping that Mark Diacasey, all time overrated fighter, uh, one of the biggest chokers. Although he's kind of had a resurgence since he started wrestling more. Yeah, it's like fifty, but he's another one of those guys that you just never know which one because he was having a resurgence, then he lost his last fight to Michael Johnson. Remember? Yeah. Um, you just never know with this guy. So, so I was hoping that Joel Alvarez would fly under the radar and at least get this fight close to even money. Um, I still like Joel Alvarez in this fight. I just wish the I, w- I wish we get the value on him that we used to get. Yeah, agreed. I don't think the uh, UK bump is going to save Mark D. Casey in this one. Uh, Joel Alvarez, he's pretty big. Um, I don't I don't know. I think he's just better all around. I don't think D. Casey is going to be able to do much. But usually when I say that, D. Casey ends up winning. Like I, I can't I remember how many. I've been wrong on this guy he's so, so much. So the only thing I can guarantee you minus ten million was when he when he's doing his walkout. Bisping will be like this guy's the. <laughs> perfect fighter one of the greatest prospects we've ever seen out yeah. of the uk 
the guy's not a prospect anymore. He's been in the UFC for 10 years, winning and losing fights, mostly losing, um, especially f- and choking. Um, so I, that's the only thing I can guarantee that happens. Other than outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, going off that Bisbing hate you got there, it was uh, the Hafez fight. I think another reason why like there's so much like reason that so many people thought Hafez won was because like the broadcasters were like saying that he won. They said they were like, it's so clear he won the first and second round. It's like, are you guys complete idiot? And then they look at the live odds and they're like, why is uh why is he a minus one eighty five? Why is it? And then at the end of the fight, he's like minus fifteen hundred, and they're like. That's really weird because he lost. And, like, it's like you guys, if you don't know what you're talking about, if you're not watching the fight to score it, like, yeah. and if you're as they biased just, as DC, you they just, should just not shut be encouraging. up. They should not be encouraging. They should be encouraging the um, tell commentators us, to not talk about scoring. Yeah, just tell us what's happening. Don't tell us who you think won the rounds afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on that. Um. All right, we got a couple fighters to watch here. We got Meatball Maui fighting. Uh, she's a minus two fifteen favorite. Um, Jolija Storylenko. I think she had a decent win in her last fight. Uh, I think yeah, she's, like she's a jujitsu fighter. I, no, she lost her last fight. She's one in five in the UFC. Really? I think I thought I was thinking of who you were are thinking of right now. It's not her. I don't think. Um, so they gave they're giving her a layup. Yeah, they're giving her an absolute layup. Like speaking of car for the Maya McCann is the worst. She is the absolute worst. I was if so I, glad when they sacrificed her to Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, I know. And now we got it. So like they sacrificed her to Aaron Blanchfield, and now it seems like they're just trying to build her back up, and then they'll sacrifice. I think that's what they do. They just she's somewhat popular because like I don't her and Patty have somehow Patty the Batty have somehow like you know she attached herself to Patty. And kind of got some rise off of that with the knockout. She had a few cool knockouts in England, but that's what they do. They just give her bums to knock out or have good fights against. Because she does come to fight. That's the one thing you can say about yep, her. She is a scrapper. Which she, is absolutely. better than a lot of girls in the UFC, but she's just so cringe. Like, the whole belt thing, I'll never forgive her for that. And <laughs> yeah, uh, That was bad. Yeah, it's just, yeah, Storylenko, she lost to Chelsea Chandler, who was the chick that ran away that <laughs> yeah. last weekend. Oh, that Speaking was so Speaking of that, that should have been the call out. I had that, look, I had that written down. I, well, I had that in my Isn't He Awesome, but I scrolled out, girl who ran away because I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> and she, like, <laughs> ran away like she couldn't see what in front of her. She, like, ran headfirst into the cage, dude. <laughs> it's like she wanted to just run right out of that cage. It was her, crazy. She got punched into, like, her primal instincts of, like, when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like she got punched, she put her head down and just ran. And then she did hit the cage, right? She, like, yeah, ran right into, the, into cage. the cage. What do you, What was that? Was she just, like, completely out of it? Or? I think she felt some power. Uh, speaking of that, Norma Dumont, I bet on her. She, we didn't, I don't think we talked about her. Dude, she just quietly always wins my bets for me. I always yeah, pick her. Right? This was, she was a small favorite in this one. Usually she wins as an underdog, I feel like. But, yeah, uh, she, she never, yeah, she's never let me down. She beat Jessica Rose Clark, this Jewel Gia. That's who I'm, that's Ranko. the fight I was thinking of. That's like she beat her by armbar. Yeah, so that was. But in she's Jill. that's her only win because Jessica Rose Clark sucks. So. Yeah, so she beat Ch- or she lost to Chelsea Chandler. She beat Jessica Rose Clark. Then she lost to Alexis Davis, Julia Avila, and Yana Kunitskaya. That's her whole UFC career right there. Yeah, she's four losses, one win. Then again, though, Molly McCann could probably be submitted pretty easily. Yeah, exactly. So I think you know maybe she has shot. Like it's women's they MMA, have so. McCann fight Jessica Rose Clark because they're both not good, but they're both kind of popular. Right? Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Yeah. So, um, moving on to our last fighter to watch here, the exact opposite of Molly McCann, uh, Davy Grant, plus one twenty-five underdog against Daniel Marcos. 
uh, who's minus 145. Davy Grant, uh, just a nice, the most British guy you'll ever see. It's only right that he gets to fight on the British cards. Um, look for him to be losing the fight the whole time and then just land a bomb. That's what this yeah, guy does. Dude, this guy throws heavy. And have just a very nice interview afterwards about how he just would like to be in the UFC video game so his kids can play as him and <laughs> right. go about his way. I'm kind of surprised that he's an underdog. I mean, it's only a small underdog, but Daniel Marcos, I don't know. It's I guess he's he's had a few good fights, but Davy Grant just throws heavy hands, and he throws like it seems like you'd see it coming for a mile away, but he somehow lands every single fight. Every so, single fight, he lands a bomb. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably take Davy Grant by knockout on this one if we were going to make a pick on it. I just don't know a ton about. I don't know a ton about Daniel Marcos. I've seen him fight. Um, I think once maybe in his last fight but uh i don't know too much so that's why i'm hesitant to to pick it but i'd be com- i'm comfortable taking davy grant as an underdog by knockout against Since almost anybody against anybody yeah yeah so i mean yeah. against a guy like that i don't really know too much of i mean it's not doesn't seem like a terrible terrible play let's see what he is by knockout i'm sure it's it's one of those ones where he's like plus 125 and then only plus <laughs> 200 by knockout yeah. or something Grant wins by KO, plus 450. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to fire on that. They're sleeping throw, on Davy Grant. Throw 20 bucks on that. You never know. Sleeping on Davy Grant. All right, well, don't say we didn't warn you. Uh, hopefully we can brag about this next week. But, yeah, this is uh, – if you're into the British – MMA scene. This is the card for you. So yeah, I think it's a daytime card. So that's always. Oh yeah, good. it'll probably be early. That's what it was. This is like what probably almost a year, right around a year from the last UK card they did. Yeah, I think so. It's probably about the a, one yeah, when Tom was, Aspinall broke his knee. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was during the day. I was in California, which it would have been right. It was either probably July or August. So yeah, it's got to be a, probably about a year from then. Yeah, yes. we got a main card starting at noon. That's prime. Love it. Absolutely Prelims start it. at nine. Fifteen fights. Yeah, full card. A lot of lot of British uh, fighters here. So, um, yeah, uh, UK crowd is always uh, always brings the juice. So they're insanely uh, they're huge homers, but whatever. Uh, they bring they make it exciting. So um, could be a could be an electric atmosphere. Yeah, the only. Uh the only crowd that I think was better recently was the... Uh, Perth, Australia. Yeah, that was one of the sickest crowds in the longest time. Like, in one of the weirdest venues I've ever seen. Yeah, it was like just like... It looked like bleachers that just went sky high. Like, it yeah. was really weird. But uh, that crowd was insane. And they were singing Land Down Under by Volk. That's when I was like... I just knew from the walkouts. And then you had Land Down Under. The crowd was absolutely electric. They were singing it full full blast. And then... Uh, and then what's his name? Islam Makachev. He made was, Islam look nervous. Like, he looked really nervous when he came out after that. So, yeah, we'll have to see if uh, if the UK crowd can live up to the hype. But um, they're probably going to do that fight in Abu Dhabi next or something, and we're going to have those fucking morons in Abu Dhabi just being completely quiet. Like, <laughs> dude, they they are the worst crowds in MMA, probably. And it's, depending on what you think of Brazil when they act like animals. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your opinion, on if you're whether you're on the Colby Covington side or uh, the other side of it, so yeah, yeah, it sounds like maybe that could be Volkanovski versus Islam I'd, rematch. I'd like to go to a card in Brazil and like dump beers on fighters on the walkout, like after the fights yeah. or whatever that I don't like. So yeah, just a free for all. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs>
Right. Yeah, and the funny thing is everyone just makes excuse like, oh, that's just how it is in Brazil. It's like, yeah. you still, still shouldn't be risking these fighters' lives just because they're... Right. Like, Colby Covington having to, like, be, have security for, like, four days straight or something. <laughs> couldn't leave the couldn't leave the country because he had to he had to be in lockdown. Like, yeah, right. Seems had a to little put him on, like, the Underground Railroad to get him out of there. <laughs> seems a little, little over the top, but, oh, well, uh, we still love the sport. So, uh, let's wrap things up, though. Um like I said, our early card, so get up early, watch the prelims, but um, I'm sure we'll be watching the fights, So, and I'm sure we'll be back to recap. So good luck, what do I always say. Enjoy the fights. Good luck on your picks, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.